to Onward. Uh, we're just sitting here drinking our favorite tea, which is Irish breakfast tea, at least my favorite tea. Uh, I don't know if I can speak for Taylor here, but... Uh, I think my favorite tea is uh, a mixture of oolong and uh, jasmine. Ooh, I have, jasmine. Not, I have not tried that yet. I the first time I had it was at my favorite Chinese restaurant, uh, the Jade Dragon. It's a local one in Grand Prairie, and I asked her, I asked the the owner if they had any hot teas, and she gave me a list. And I said, "Do you have any that you recommend?" And she said, "I'll be right back," and then brought me uh, the oolong and jasmine. Nice, it was nice. nice. What's the like flavor coming? What does it like remind you of? I, I'm trying to. It's got the earthiness of the jasmine, but it's also kind of got a little bit of sweetness okay. um so it's kind of like green tea with sugar but no honey if that makes any sense sure yeah is it like floral a little bit a little not? bit okay. yeah because of the jasmine i gotcha um, yeah. yeah and then you have you know basically the opposite which is irish breakfast tea, <laughs> which is just nice and black and it's, yeah. it's pretty great um but uh on that note, Taylor, do you have a, a favorite coffee mug or tea mug that you use at home? Anything like that? Um, per, currently, no. Currently, I don't have a favorite. Uh, I did used to have a favorite uh, when I was a little younger, probably like four years ago. I got this cup from some kind of gift shop, um, probably in like San Antonio or something. Uh, and it was a it was a white ceramic mug, but instead of a handle, it was just a fist. So you would pick up the fist and you would uh, drink it like that. I don't, I thought I think it was part of like a rock paper scissors kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think technically you're supposed to like buy a set, but I only bought the fist one. Um, and I used it for years for all of my like pins and paintbrushes. Um, so I I didn't use it as a coffee mug, but it was probably my favorite so far. It's very utilitarian. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I've got a favorite mug, I think. Uh, well, I would say I have two favorite mugs. Mm -hmm. um, the first one is, um, do you know anything about the Enneagram? Do you know the type one through nine? It's like type one, type I, two. I know it's a personality about thing. Uh, we, we've, we've talked about it, but I, I don't know if I've looked a lot into it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so I'm a Enneagram four, um, and on the mug, it's like, uh, what a type four loves and it's like music. It's got I don't know a bunch of cool designs and it's very creative and artsy fartsy mm -hmm. and I don't know I love that mug uh, and I bought Olivia one uh, that you're actually using I think oh. uh, and it's uh, the Enneagram number nine. That's pretty so cool. So she is a nine. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and then I also have a mug from the Stanley Hotel. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, watched The Shining. Have you watched that movie? I have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've watched The Shining. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I I visited the the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, ah. and got the mug. And it's like blood red, and it has the room number and everything. And so That's so the Stanley. cool. Yeah, so I just thought that was a really cool mug. Um, but yeah. I, um, the Shining wasn't scary to me. Yeah. I, I feel like... Um, I definitely, it's definitely not a movie that I grew up with, uh, cause it's, it was pretty old. I don't think I watched it until high school. Um, but it, 
it just was not scary at all, and I don't understand why. I guess, like, was it scary back in the day? I'm sure that's what it was, okay. you know? And uh, from what I can gather, the books are a oh. bit more in-depth and terrifying. Gotcha. I mean, psychologically, you know? Uh, but I thought the movie was still great, you know? Yeah, uh, it was a good it's still, it's still, It's still a little, like, disturbing, but yeah. it's not yeah. like... It's not, like, scary. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That seems to be, like, a trend, though, now. Like, the older movies just aren't as scary. I wonder why that is. I think our um, awareness or tolerance has just increased. I mean, because if you look at a... If you look at a chart of movie genre popularity... um, Horror movies were really popular mm. in the beginning of film history and then kind of went down because, um, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe people just didn't have as much of a, a craving or want for scary movies. Uh, and then it seems to have spiked back up in the recent years. And so I think if you're comparing older horror movies to newer horror movies, it's just not the same. I mean, these new movies have graphics and uh, so many different types of technologies that can really terrify you mm-hmm. and also psychology has definitely uh, gotten more uh, in depth to where we understand human fear a lot more so yeah uh, so yeah I think that's probably what it is that would make sense um, I do you, do you whenever you watch scary movies do you ever get like nervous tics or I guess just in general do you have a nervous tic um I mean I don't know if I can I don't know if I would call it like a tic because I don't want to like say it is something that maybe it's just not but I do pick at my nails and things like that so and it it's like subconscious like I don't even recognize that I'm doing it so other people are like stop that like especially Olivia my partner she'll be like hey Stop that. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'll be like just picking at them. And um, so maybe that is a, something. Uh, I don't know if I have really that many nervous tics, I don't say. Yeah. What Fair about enough. you? I definitely twirl my hair a lot. Uh, like a lot, a lot. Um, most of the time, if I have Zoe in the car, uh, I drive with my knee so I can hold Zoe's hand and twirl my hair. Only if I know it's safe. Because only if, only if it's a straight road. And there's nobody else near me, I'll do it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I twirl my hair a lot. I do it at work. If I'm just walking to, like, the back, I'll just start doing it. I do it when I think. Um, I would say other than just, like, you know, fidgeting with my with my hair ties, I, that was probably it, but it definitely is something that I do a lot. Um, I used to scratch my hand. I used to scratch the back of my hand, mm. and it would get really bloody. Um, that was when I was younger. It was when my parents got divorced, um, and they tried making us go to therapy, which is not a good idea, uh, for a second grader, just by the way, (laughs) um, if anybody is wondering, therapy for, joint therapy with your brother as a second grader is not very fun. Yeah, that doesn't seem intuitive, I would Uh say, uh, seems more of like a, uh, I don't know, Band-Aid, or a, a yeah. type of uh, misunderstanding of how therapy and trauma works anyway. <laughs> so, and not that I'm an expert, but it just doesn't seem uh, conducive to healing. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, no, I don't know if I 
have really any nervous tics. I do notice other people's yeah. nervous tics, yeah. but it is interesting how um, a lot of us have kind of subconscious things that we don't even recognize we're doing. And so uh, it's weird because when I'm driving in the mm. car, I don't really feel as anxiety anxious as if I'm riding in a car. Uh, I it's, it might be a little bit of like a control thing. I don't know. And maybe someone out there can relate, but um, yeah. So when I'm in the car and someone else is driving, I will like kind of pick at my nails mm-hmm. and not even recognize that I'm doing it until someone says something. Uh, and then when I'm driving, it's less of an anxiety inducing thing. So I'm not picking at my nails as much. No. I, yeah, I get that. I was, uh, I, I hate being driven. I was in a couple car wrecks when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, I hate, Oh, I have to be the one driving. Yeah, speaking of cars um, and driving, I, uh, I've i been thinking lately about bumper stickers mm. and how bumper stickers are like, they're like jewelry for your car. <laughs> they're like yeah. accessories. Like they tell a lot about the person who's in front of you when you're looking at the bumper sticker. Um, can you, do you have any bumper stickers on your car? I have one, one bumper sticker. No, two bumper stickers and then a couple of just regular stickers that I put on my car. Um, I have one that says, uh, my child is an honor student at Clyde Knight's Night Night School, which is a, uh, bumper sticker for a D&D podcast I listen to. Oh. Uh, and then I have a human rights campaign sticker and then a couple stickers from an artist that I would love to talk about at some point on the show. Why not now? Yeah. Oh, I want to hear about your bumper stickers. I don't, got you I don't have any bumper stickers. Okay. I've never put a bumper sticker on my cars. I've had... I've had a truck and a car now. Mm-hmm. Never put a sticker on either one. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't have anything against bumper stickers, but I feel like maybe that's part of my personality. That, like, even my clothing doesn't mm-hmm. say a whole lot. I'm not giving away that much. I'm not bold, I guess, in that sense. So, um, yeah. I but I do love other people's stickers and mm. some people go crazy with they the do. stickers they yeah. really do <laughs> yeah i would love to get more i was very nervous about um getting a bumper sticker on my car for the first time i don't know why because it's just a sticker um you know like you can just peel it off uh but i was pretty nervous about it uh but i like it it's definitely something that i want to do uh i just put more stickers on yesterday so i definitely want to get more yeah i think this would be a, a cool opportunity to ask whoever's listening like if you have any interesting bumper stickers or find any funny ones like send them to us because mm-hmm. we could talk about them um oh yeah but, let's plug our social media at the end so people oh yeah can, so people can send them to it i guess we forgot that for last last episode yeah shameless plug yeah, yeah, yeah totally. of course it's totally. our show <laughs> yeah um no i mean is it just like a just you just don't want to do a bumper sticker or I guess I don't feel strongly about anything enough. I don't know. Like, would you get an Oregon bumper sticker? Maybe. Maybe. But I would have to live there. I think Mm. I would have to move there. Fair enough. I feel like the bumper sticker thing is like, I'm very much a go with the flow type of person. And so my thoughts and opinions and perspectives are pretty malleable and they change a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I guess I've just never felt that I would have a bumper sticker that would stick with me for, 
I don't know, a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I've had my car for 10 years, and so I don't know why. I've never thought about putting a sticker on there. Um, Olivia's got an interesting thing where she puts uh, stickers from her favorite TV show, Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you watch that show? I watched it. I stopped watching, but I think it's a good show. I just, it wasn't for me. Yeah. And it's a lot. There's it a is. lot of content. Yeah. There's, um, yeah. And so she always names her cars after supernatural characters. Mm. And so she puts uh, supernatural stickers on her cars. That's really cool. Yeah. I feel like bumper stickers are really similar to like Mm t-shirts. Like I'll wear a t-shirt about something I care about all day. Mm -hmm. Um, But putting a bumper sticker on my car is just different for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why. Also... I don't like drawing attention to my vehicle, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I get that. So, like, especially here in Texas, where people are pretty crazy, and there's lots of road rage, uh, and, you know, you never know when someone's going to give you the finger or a gun. You right. You know, like, you just don't know. And so, um, I just feel like it's not just about, like, my opinions. It's about other people's perspective of those opinions, and I don't even want to draw attention to myself. I'm already yeah. terrified of like being in the car. So like I don't wanna <laughs> piss off anyone. <laughs> I don't know. I, get I don't that. know. But uh so t shirts. Um do you have a favorite t shirt? Or like I, what do you think about t shirts? I think I have a favorite t shirt. Um it is uh it's a sort of like cream color t shirt. And then the only other color on it is green, and it has a hand-drawn map of the Monongahela National Forest in uh, West Virginia. No, I have not been. I would love to go. I tried to go last year. It ended up not working out, but I think it's a beautiful forest, um, and it is definitely very high up on my list of places I want to go. How do you come across that shirt? Um... Remember the D&D podcast I mentioned earlier? Also from that D&D podcast. Okay. So it was from a different season. Uh, so it was from the last season. Um, and it was based around uh, a like monster hunter kind of vibe, but modern, like in real life. Uh, West Virginia, obviously it was, you know, not real West Virginia, but it was based in real West Virginia. Um, and the other merch shirts is just a map of the Monongahela National Forest. I think it's a really nice shirt because you can wear it anywhere, and it you know it's not gonna be like some nerdy shirt. It's just a map, you know. Of course, yeah. It's super soft. And I love T-shirts. I guess much like bumper stickers that <laughs> that open up a conversation. So yeah. like, I like T-shirts, especially um, when I see other people wearing a T-shirt that like I connect to. I'll go right up to them. They can be a stranger. I'll go right up to them and be like, hey, what's up? I love your t-shirt. Or like, oh, I love that band or something. And some people are receptive to that. Some people aren't. Whatever. Yeah. Um, you never know when you're going to meet like a, a new friend that you connect with. So, I actually have a fun story about new friends and t-shirts. Um, so <clears throat> last year at the dinner party, I had a friend. His name was Nathan. Um, I don't know if you remember any of the few friends that I had there, but, um, we were best friends in elementary school 
the one we went to in Arlington went through all the way through sixth grade. Um, and he moved away in fourth grade. Uh, and you know, back then nobody had phones or an email. So I didn't know how, you know, we don't know how to keep in touch. Um, my sophomore year, I was taking ASL at, uh, a school that was like a joint school. So it had kids from other schools at that, um, uh, at that one. And I sat next to a kid who was wearing a Labyrinth shirt. And I like the movie Labyrinth. It's a pretty good movie. Um, you know, uh, doesn't it have that one guy in it? Not Bon Jovi. David Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so he was wearing a Labyrinth shirt. And I said, hey, that's a cool shirt. And he said, hey, thanks. And I saw his face, and instantly I recognized him. But I wasn't sure, because like, that, would, that would be like something out of a movie. I didn't even know where he moved to. Uh, apparently it was Mainsfield. So we go outside of the classroom for some game that we're doing, and I start talking to him. I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. My name's Taylor. And he was like, my name's Nathan. I said, what elementary school did you go to? And then he said the name of our elementary school. And that's how we met. And so because of a cool Labyrinth t-shirt, we reconnected after a couple of years of, you know, not seeing each other. Yeah, full circle moment. That's yeah. Uh, that's amazing. And uh, really, I don't know, I, I guess, I don't believe in fate and all that, but it Fair feels enough. very much like that in a sense, I guess. That's yeah. really cool. Uh, good story. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I love t-shirts because they're, again, you can wear your interests and your, your passions mm -hmm. on your shirt. And <laughs> I, I definitely have uh, not a not an interesting story, I guess. I don't know. Olds aside, if it's interesting. But Go ahead, yeah. Basically, uh, so I'm a teacher, and um, I sometimes doubt my own intelligence and have low confidence. I don't know why, but everyone deals with stuff like that. Anyways, um, I get sent on this science teacher conference. Uh, my school is paying the whole thing, and I go, and... Um, we're in this, you know, science museum, and it's about 30 other teachers and me. Uh, and it's, um, and in just this one workshop, so the conference was like hundreds of teachers, obviously, but uh, this was a workshop, uh, and it was uh, basically fun and games, but also like uh, a tour around the science museum. Mm. And so it starts off with a Kahoot. Oh, yes. I love Kahoot. I, th I think everyone loves Kahoot. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. my students love Kahoot. Uh, and all <laughs> teachers love Kahoot. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and so it's me and 30 other uh, teachers taking a, uh, a science Kahoot quiz together. And it's a competition. And whoever wins, wins a t-shirt. Right? Oh, wow. Wins a t-shirt from the museum. Uh -huh. You know? And so... And so I'm like, ah, I don't know if I'll win. You know, there's a lot of people, you know, 30 people. I'm, surely I'm not smarter than these people, you know. They've obviously been around longer. I looked like the youngest teacher in the room, or at least one of the younger teachers. And um, we're going through, <clears throat> going through, and I don't know, miraculously, I guess, I'm getting everyone right mm -hmm. and quickly. And that's part of the game is that you have to get it quickly. And I ended up winning the, wow. Winning the entire trivia uh, against other science teachers. That's awesome. Uh, from all over the state. And I was just so surprised and shocked. Uh, and 
got the t-shirt and it's my favorite t-shirt to wear now because it's like a it's like a forest green which oh. i already love yeah and then it's got a big earth on it nice and it says perot museum which uh, is in dallas obviously um and so um yeah i don't know i wear that shirt because it's like a reminder to like not second guess myself and not um doubt my own intelligence and stuff like that and so mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just a kind of trivial little trivia quiz or whatever, but it still means something. And so, uh, and it's a cool shirt because it reminds me of like, I don't know, my responsibility to the earth and environment and stuff. And as an environmental science teacher, I get to wear it and Mm -hmm. tell my students that like, don't doubt yourself. I don't know. It's a whole thing. It's a little cheesy, but (laughs) uh, I love that shirt. So that's awesome. That's a, that's a cool story. Um, do you have a favorite museum or mm. how do you feel about museums? I guess <sighs> this one's a bit heavy. Yeah. I don't know if I could call it my favorite. I could say it's my most influential mm-hmm. museum I visited and it is the, it is the Holocaust museum in Berlin, Germany. Mm. Uh, and so in the heart of the city, you're walking around and you come across this plaza and it's. It's a plaza that, at street level, it you look out into it, and it's just this sea of pillars, right? And and so this sea of pillars that dips into a bowl, right? So as you walk into the labyrinth of pillars, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper, right? Mm-hmm. At the center. At, at the center, it's its deepest, and it's something like 18 to 20 feet deep, okay? And so you're walking around, and you're walking around, and there's plaques on the pillars and stuff. And at the center, the plaque reads that if you look up, it's about 18 to 20 feet tall, right? And where you're standing is the depth of the deepest trench that they found uh, from World War II of where they placed Jewish bodies. And so it's really heavy. And so you just sit there and think about it for a minute. So it's kind of like, you know, really aesthetic and cool looking, but the the heart and the humanity and the despair there is just so deep. And so, of course, then you go into the actual museum, which is underground, uh, rightfully so, mm-hmm. I would think. Uh, and so you go underground and you walk through and, uh, you know, just a lot of Holocaust uh, um artifacts and uh, plaques and pictures and things like that and so you get to the end of the museum tour and there's a room that is completely pitch black and you know you can sit in there alone but there's still other people walking around and stuff I sat in the middle and I just sat there and um, what it does is it's a projection screen on the wall and so it's pitch black in there and a projection screen on the wall and it has a name just a, a human's name on the wall. And it sits there for 60 seconds, and then it goes to another name, right? And so you're like, okay, well, what is this about? There's no music, there's no, it's total silence, there's nothing. Uh, and so you're sitting in that dark room with this name, and then a new name, and then a new name. If you sit there five minutes, you know, that's five, five names. If you sit there 20 minutes, 20 names, it could go on, right? And it doesn't repeat itself for about 11 years, okay? And it's all the names of the recorded victims from the Holocaust. 
And so it's super heavy. And uh, I think it's the most influential museum that anyone could go to. And uh, I think it's so uh, appropriate for people to try and visit uh, at least once in their life because it tells you that, um, you know, there's a lot of hate and uh, destruction in this world, but um, it's always the fight against it is what matters. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one one of the most life-changing, obviously the most life-changing museum I've ever been to, uh, and I would never dare to call it my favorite, you know, because that's just not appropriate. Yeah. Um, But... To, uh, uh, what what do you do? You have a favorite museum? I mean, <laughs> mine is definitely not as impactful. I was just gonna say that my favorite museum is any art museum with an outside area. <laughs> so I agree <laughs> with that actually because I love when you can interact with the art inside. Mm-hmm. But then if it takes you into this outdoor realm, yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, uh, yeah. Uh, there's one in Dallas. I wish I could remember the name. I can never remember any museum's name. Um, but they have, like, it's, it has a lot of really great foliage. Uh, and every now and then they'll do, like, small, like, outdoor concerts for, like, cover bands and stuff. Um, but they have some really nice uh, statues in the, in the outside area. And there's a lot, too. It's not like a, it's not like a two-minute walkthrough, you know. Um, they have some actual... Uh, thought-provoking stuff. I, I don't know. I just think, like, mixing art with nature is um, my personal favorite way to uh, experience art. Because um, I love art. You know, I've always loved art. But I just get, you know, after a while, I just get bored walking down a hallway and looking at, at paintings. Um, I prefer, like, you know, three-dimensional art. Even if I can't touch it, I just think it's cool. Um, and it, it, for some reason it just, you know, it, it feeds my brain a little bit more. Uh, I just like outside, outside museums better. Mm-hmm. I think I know which one you're talking about. I can't remember the name either. Yeah. If anybody remembers or knows what we're talking about, <laughs> please let us know. But, yeah. uh, it's in the Dallas area. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I love museums. I think there's so much room for, uh, all kinds of different ideas. I don't know if you've heard of the... Uh, I'm gonna probably butcher the name, but Museum of Illusions, I think it's also in Dallas. And there's probably ones in other cities as well. But basically, like if you've ever seen those like distorted rooms where mm-hmm. someone's standing in one corner and they look tiny, and then the other one is standing in the other corner and they look huge, but it's just an illusion. It's that kind of museum. And I've been wanting to take my psychology students there, okay. and just haven't had the opportunity. We were gonna go last year. Um, last spring actually, but then uh, obviously uh, COVID hit mm-hmm. and we were unable to organize that and ever since we just haven't been able to go. So trying to uh, hopefully go soon, but yes. So Zoe and I have been to that one, Museum of Illusions. It was nice. Um, to say the least, it was very short. Um, it is probably no bigger than your house. Um I would say for the price of admission, it definitely wasn't worth it. I think if they weren't charging as much, it would definitely be worth the go. But it was like 20 bucks per ticket. And I think Zoe and I were in there for like eight minutes. Um, And we tried to soak up all of it. Um, It was fun. It's definitely a great idea. 
I just don't think that it's, you know, the, if, if you can, uh, if you're going with your, excuse me, if you're taking your students, I think they'll probably have some sort of like school deal maybe that you could strike with them. Um, but, uh, I would definitely try going. Um, I would, it, it definitely would be fun for a field trip for sure. Um, uh, I think it is something I, you know, I think we went in kind of expecting something more, uh, I think maybe that's probably why when we left, we're a little bit disappointed. Because mm. um, I think we were, I think we tried to go to an art museum that day, but then it was closed. So we decided to go to the Museum of Illusions. But then, you know, we drove all the way up for Dallas just for a couple of minutes. Yeah. And therein lies the um, lesson that always comes back up that experience is the killer of joy. And so. <laughs> Um, I think I'll still try and go. Um, you definitely should. And I know that it's quite new. So maybe like relatively that, you know, we're almost investing in its expansion. That's you know? true. That's so true. it's like, that's the way I'm trying to think about it is like, maybe they're trying to expand, just don't have the resources or funding that yet. Sense. Um, and it's been a while. So, you know, I'm sure something has changed since it's been a while since we've been. Well, we'll see. I'll yeah. let you know if I go. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, I want to kind of take a turn. Do you have any tattoos? I've always been wondering if you've had any tattoos. I, I have one. You have one. I've been trying very hard to get a new one, uh, but financially I just haven't been able to. Um, I'm also very picky about tattoos. Like, you know, I have to get, it doesn't have to have meaning for me, but it has to be something that I like. Um, it has to be something that I'm going to like 10 years from now. But I'm not a, I'm not the kind of person who thinks every tattoo has to have meaning because Zoe has like a snail tattoo and a moth tattoo um, and a tattoo from the movie It. Um, I have this one tattoo. It's the uh, uh, semicolon on my wrist. Um, if you know what that is, I'm sorry uh, for anybody listening, um, but that is my only tattoo so far. Um, do you have any tattoos? I do. I have one tattoo. I would like to get another. Actually, I would like to get maybe three more. Mm. Um, I'm not really the type that wants like a sleeve or anything. Right, right. And obviously you would, just by looking at me, you would never know I had a tattoo and I like it that way. But, uh, I have a tattoo. Uh, it is in the Danish language and it is, uh, actually a Bible verse. Mm. I got it when I was 18. Um. And it's, uh, it, I think it has, it has a lot of meaning, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's a deeper story than just the Bible verse. Um, actually, I didn't include the verse that it's from. I only included the quote, right? Okay. So that's another personal choice of mine as well, because I think the quote actually, uh, it actually means just as much to me as if, uh, as it would if it, wasn't in the Bible. Does mm -hmm. it make sense? So yeah. if it was in a different book, it would still mean more. And it's, um, for I live in faith, not by sight. And mm -hmm. so it's, uh, it's interesting because I wouldn't say I am totally this believer in faith, but I do have faith in a lot of specific things and mostly I have faith in humans. Mm -hmm. And so I think ultimately, um, you know, there's always going to be this battle between light and dark. I always think light's going to win. Uh, and dark is just there first. But light will catch up. And light will always win. And so, 
the story behind actually getting the tattoo and deciding to get the tattoo is that I have a best friend who uh, is from Denmark, mm -hmm. uh, and he was part of a foreign exchange program in high school. And so I met him when I was 17. Uh, he was in our high school class, and uh, we just hit it off uh, immediately. And um, as, as our friendship grew and grew, uh, we ended up, I don't know, randomly, casually talking about the Bible mm -hmm. and talking about this one verse. And I think it's because we went and saw that movie, Book of Eli. Mm. If you've seen that one with Denzel Washington. I haven't seen it. I almost saw it, but I haven't okay. seen it. Okay. Um, you might find it interesting. It's it's apocalyptic, so mm, it's okay. got <laughs> it's got a lot of uh, um, stuff that people in modern uh, audiences would enjoy. And stuff. Mm. Uh, but basically, the story is that, um, you know, this man has to deliver the last final copy of the Bible, you know, to, um, this group that is like able to, uh, defend it. So sort of say, right. And so anyways, uh, he's blind, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> he's blind. And so he always says that to himself in the movie that, uh, walk by faith, not by sight, live by faith, not by sight, that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and so, um, after seeing that movie, we had talked about the movie and we were like, um, just randomly like uh, that's my favorite verse he's like well that's my favorite verse and so what we did was I got that tattoo verse in Danish mm -hmm. and he got it in English mm -hmm. and so now we share this bond this um, you know this connection together of having the same tattoo uh, but basically for each other mm -hmm. and yeah I think um, that's really nice I would like to have another tattoo um, We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, I, I'm like you. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to have meaning. Um, it can be aesthetic, but I don't know. I would, I, I'm really picky about it because it's going to be on your body forever. So, right, right. um, I want to make sure that it's something that I don't know. I, I enjoy and mm -hmm. like, so I guess that is a meaning as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to make it make sense, but it's like, I love, uh, bees and I definitely want to get a bumblebee tattoo, but I also love, yeah, on my backpack. Um, I also love Kingdom Hearts, the video game, but I'm not going to get a Kingdom Hearts tattoo, you know? So it's like some things are just more, I guess, more tattoo worthy. Um, for me personally, I mean, you know, I, I don't care what tattoos other people have. Yeah. Um, I would really love to get a tattoo with my, with two of my brothers. Yeah. Um. I I, w I really want to get like matching tattoos. Um. I've seen people do like um, three triangles, and like whichever sibling you are is the one that's filled in. So like mine would be the the middle one because I'm the middle child. Um. But I don't know. I my brother's a pilot, and he thinks that any little thing that's not normal is gonna get him kicked off of being a pilot. And uh, my younger brother is still uh, growing up and experiencing the world so i gotta kind of wait for both of them to want to get tattoos sure but you know i mean there's always time oh yeah yeah there's nothing but time and uh yeah i think i only have the one brother so i would i would like to get a tattoo with him mm -hmm. one day uh we'll have to figure it out he has more tattoos than me so gotcha. i'm sure getting one more wouldn't <laughs> be <laughs> right. that big of a deal um right. i do want to get one and this is one i've been thinking about lately and it's kind of like um, 
like the ones that you see, you know, just on the wrist, mm -hmm. uh, very small. But I would like to get one that is more of an anchor tattoo oh, and not yeah. an actual anchor, obviously, but um, it would be a mindfulness tattoo. And I want to get a dot, right? Mm -hmm. Just a filled in dot and then have the um, greater than, less than signs focusing on the dot. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is that I, not that I need it necessarily, just that it's a reminder always that I look at that and that the present moment is more important than the past and the future. I can't, I can't rewrite the past and I can't control the future. So it's just a dot of being mindful. Of, this is where I am. That's what's most important is the greater than. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I could get that on any Tuesday, any day, you know, it's something that I could get whenever and, mm -hmm. um, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I, so I got this tattoo uh, when I was 16, I think. I'm 18 now. I think I got it when I was 16. Um, I got it right after um, my last attempt. Um, and I got it in a shed. In a, the, okay, um, this is a true story. Uh, it, we drove to a house that was painted blue, uh, and we were told to go into the backyard, not through the house, like around the house, into the backyard, uh, and go into the shed, which was also painted blue, uh, and the tattoo artist's name, uh, can you guess what it is? Blue. Blue. <laughs> yeah, because obviously it was illegal, uh, you know, so we didn't know his real name, but yeah, it's a fun story. I got it from a guy named Blue in a blue shed behind a blue house. That is um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. My mom was surprisingly okay with it. She was like, yeah, go get a shed tattoo. Yeah. It is interesting how, uh, especially older generations react to tattoos. Um, mm -hmm. my mom was pretty lax about me getting a tattoo and my brother. Um, my dad was like, uh, I don't really like them but it is your body kind of thing. So he was kind of a bit more hesitant or whatever. Uh, and then my grandma was just, oh, I can't believe you would do that too. So, uh, and then I had to tell her, well, grandma, it's a Bible verse. And she was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you just never know. Uh, but yeah. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, my, my family is pretty cool about tattoos. Um, my... My mom doesn't have any, but she wants to get something that has to do with my brother and I. Um, so, you know, we're slowly working on getting her her first tattoo, trying to find something that she would want to do. Yeah. And you can't rush people. No. You can, not. yeah. You can give them ideas and encouragement, right. uh, but you can't rush people. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I mean, speaking of, um, like we always get back on parents, I think. In our so. and that's okay and I'm more than happy to talk about my parents any any day I mm. mean so um, you mentioned that you wanted to talk about legacies yeah what do you, what do you mean by that what's so what's I um, it's something that I've definitely struggled with um, before I met my partner uh, I used to say that I wanted to die before I was 45 because uh, I didn't want to get old um, and I don't know, I guess I was just, I never really imagined having children for my own personal demons. Uh, you know, I just, children was never really a 
uh, thought. Also, I can't have my own children uh, anyway. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I always just thought that I would really never have, you know, if I, if I couldn't make something of myself, if I couldn't be remembered by, by more than my brothers uh, by the time I was 45, then what was even the point? You know, I don't know. It, it, legacies used to be, and that's why I wanted to talk about it, because it's, I don't feel this way anymore. But uh, legacies used to be like a really big uh, thing to me. Like I, it was something that I cared about a lot, um, which is weird for a 16 year old to do, you know, I don't know. Um, but I just, I, I like seeing other people's legacies and I like seeing what other people have, um, sort of done. Cause like a legacy can be a good or bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, there are some like famous people who, who have, uh, really strong legacies. People die and then get streets named after them. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I just want to see if, if you had ever really thought about anything like that. Um, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think I think about it, uh, every day yeah. in, in a sense. And I think of it like every day is an opportunity to change course if you need to, or, uh, adjust the sales if you need to. So, um, I think about my own legacy a lot and I think about, uh, how really as humans in a society we don't get to choose our legacy really um, we get to choose what our actions and reactions and behaviors are but we don't get to choose what other people perceive us as and so for some people uh, at my funeral they might think of me as something mm -hmm. uh, to them and then for a whole other group of people uh, they might think of me as something else and so uh, and it's not like I'm building my life that way. It's not like I'm changing who I am just to talk to different people. It's more that we don't decide the gift or the perspective that we give for other people. Mm. You know, we just be who we are and then they take um, the experience and perception of us however they do because that's how individualism works, you know? Mm. And so it's kind of like how there's... I can't think of really names, but I know that there's artists that never published or never had a piece of artwork sell or uh, never, um, you know, uh, developed a photograph. I can think of Vivian Mayer. She's a, photo a photographer who, um, what she did was really interesting. She, she took a lot of photos on those old film cameras. This was way back in the day. Uh, I mean, not way back in the day, but uh, before our time. So yeah. uh, she would take uh, rolls of film and then put them in a box. Mm -hmm. Keep putting them in the box. Box, box, box. Buy some, box. Buy some, take photos, box, you know? And then uh, when she died, she passed away. Uh, the people she was living with obviously went through her stuff and had, had to go through her stuff. Found hundreds of rolls mm -hmm. of undeveloped photography, right? Mm -hmm. And so... They developed it, and it was masterpieces. They were incredible. They were self-portraits, portraits of cities, portraits of people, all kinds of abstract stuff. Mm -hmm. And I went to uh, a local art museum to go see her exhibit, and it's it's really, um, really well done mm -hmm. photography, but she never developed it in her own life. Mm -hmm. So her legacy 
in her life to her the day she died was just being that person but to everyone else it's the photography it's the the art the mm-hmm. the story right and so it's kind of like i don't want to mess this up someone correct me if i'm wrong i think vincent van gogh never sold a painting oh. until he died okay so when he died all of a sudden it was like started selling like crazy Mm -hmm. and so uh that's why i'm kind of in this belief system of like just be you be you do what you hope and wish to do and uh however people take it is however they're going to take it it's really none of your business what other people perceive you as right right Uh, and so legacies for me is like i'm gonna just try and do what i think is right for me Mm -hmm. and if I die tomorrow or if I die when I'm 94, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I also do think you can obviously consciously try to control the, the type of legacy you have, I guess. So like maybe you're not an artist or a writer or even really that much of a professional, uh, and you have three kids. I mean, that's, that's now your legacy. Right. So like, I don't judge anyone for choosing kids over a career or mm-hmm. choosing career over a kid you know yeah. and so legacies are they're they're an interesting topic for sure and so mm-hmm. i'm glad that you changed your mind though because i used to think that way too yeah. i used to think like i don't want to get old and like right uh, to be fair who does like yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, no one really wants to get old uh and so i used to think about that too and i was like well if i die i die mm-hmm. and it's like then i realized like you know the the sheer amount of not luck, but improbability that I'm alive mm-hmm. is enough to make me want to stay alive. Mm. You know, the the statistical math of not being born is enough to be like, well, I was born. And so now I, good or bad, up or down, I'm alive, you know, mm. and just stay alive as long as possible. And so it's, it's one of those things that I think people, everyone battles obviously especially with mortality but yeah. legacy is a good uh a good topic and we'll probably return to that topic probably throughout this podcast yeah um there's a with the with the concept of, of legacy there is a band uh my they're probably my number one band of all time uh, I, i've been listening to them for a couple of years um and I don't think I'll ever stop listening to them. They only have two albums. Um, and I, I know, right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I should have said the name. Uh, it's Honey Water. Um, I've probably played some songs for you. You, uh, you made a playlist for me to listen to, yeah. and Honey Water was on there, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the, it, it's made up by two members. Um, and I just think that they're uh, musical geniuses. I, I love all of their songs. I've listened to them thousands of times. Um, but I never, it never really occurred to me to look into like the people or the band. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Um, but for, for years, all I ever did was listen to music. I never looked uh, at why they didn't have any more. I think I was just waiting. Um, and then, 
one day I was talking about it to Zoe and they were like, why didn't you, why don't you just look up why they stopped? Because I was, I was expressing how sad I was that they didn't have any new music and they were like, just look up what happened. I was like, damn, that's a, why did I think of that? Um, it turns out they were really young and they started that band in high school uh, and they're actually, I'm pretty sure, the same age as me uh, now. And the girl is the actress who played Rue in the Hunger Games, the the little girl who died. Yeah, um, it's the, that was her. I this whole time I had no idea, um, and they went to high, the the two members went to high school together, uh, and eventually they just stopped making music. There was no real explanation. Um, they I. I don't think I ever really looked for them on social media, um, but I did look and try to find interviews. They only really ever did like two interviews, one during, uh, one whenever their second album came out and then one after, like a, a year or two after that album. Uh, and uh, the the guy just said that, you know, he they were moving in different directions and they were getting older and... I, th I think he went on to make a little bit of his own music, um, but I don't think he's really been active since 2020. Um, but yeah, it, my I learned that my favorite band uh, will probably never make any music again. And But they still have these two albums uh, recorded and available to listen. And, you know, in a way that is their legacy, uh, whether they never think about Honey Water again, you know, it... It touched, if not a lot of people's hearts, it touched mine. And I feel like that, you know, they'll never know I exist. But, you know, uh, I don't know. They're, the music has definitely changed my life. Uh, and I think that even if they only did it for a couple of years, it's, you know, still a legacy. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that is interesting. Um, the Especially what sticks out to me is the not wanting to... Uh, look them up. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. Far be it from me to be like a psychological expert or anything, but I know that sometimes art and music specifically is so perfect mm -hmm. as the experience, mm -hmm. and so you don't want to know. Yeah. You know, and um, it's kind of like how it's kind of like how sometimes you don't want to go see your favorite band mm -hmm. in person. Because you're scared. You're like, I don't want them to not live up to my expectation. Circling back to expectation being the killer of joy, you know? Yeah. And so um, I've definitely felt that before, too. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's interesting, Taylor. Yeah. Um, let's play a quick round of, um, what is it called? Uh, Survivor Island? What is it? Survivor. What's the uh, I don't know. I didn't Survivor. know how to name. Uh, I know what you're talking about. You know, uh... Oh, you know what? They say it in the office. Let's go watch the office real quick, and then. Hey, Liv. <laughs> What's that called? What? Um, when you can only bring something to an island. I think it's just called Desert Island. Desert Island. Okay. Which... Okay. All right. So let's play Desert Island. Let's play Desert Island. Okay, I got it. Let's play a quick round of Desert Island, right? Okay. With food. Food movies or tv show okay okay and one piece of like gear or equipment gotcha okay you ready um do you want to go first or do you want me to go first 
You can go first. Okay. So, what food would I bring with me to my desert island? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Um, I would probably bring something that has seeds in it, honestly. Oh. So, I think I would probably bring peppers. That makes sense. I would bring a pepper or peppers. How many I can bring? I'd bring that because peppers are really high in antioxidants and um, and vitamins and stuff like that, and good for you. And all those little seeds. There's so many seeds in a pepper. Mm. So you make that saying maybe hopefully I would be able to grow them in uh, on my island, mm. but probably peppers. Uh, though. If you were to ask me a different question about like what would be the food I would eat for the rest of my life, that would be a different answer for a different podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, and then the other one was movies or TV show. Movies or TV show. Ooh. Um, hmm. Movie. I would probably bring the first Lord of the Rings movie. Oh. And I know that's a nerdy answer, but. I feel like it's just such a perfect fantasy escape that I would never get tired of it. And it's not like I would have to watch it every day, you know? Right. Um, plus, I, just, I don't know. There's just something about those movies for me. <laughs> Some people are like screaming at that answer. Like, no, what's wrong with you? You idiot. But I think probably the first one, though. Yeah. Not The Hobbit. No, no, no. Don't like The Hobbit? I mean, The Hobbit was good, but it wasn't great. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Lord of the Rings was spectacular and so um first lord of the rings movie peppers and and then a piece of gear or like equipment um i would probably bring you know the 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 answer that most people would have is like some kind of inflatable raft or something right right? right. but like no i would stay on the island you have a one-time chance to be stranded on an island alone sure like even if i die a week from then yeah I would bring a hammock. That's what I would bring. I would bring a hammock and just, it would be my, my, I would sleep in the hammock. I would read. Well, if I didn't have books, I wouldn't be able to read. I would watch Lord of the Rings in the hammock, obviously. And so, yeah, probably a hammock. Yeah. That makes sense. I like that idea. I think, uh, the food would definitely be Hawaiian style pizza. Because it's got fruit, it's got protein, uh, it's got wheat. And you're an athlete, so you know about pasta loading. So if you got to do a lot of physical activity, just eat some, eat some of that pizza. It's everything. It's everything. It's got, it's got dairy. Uh, so, you know, I don't know how that would help, but it's got it. So we'll just real quick clarification. This podcast supports pineapple on pizza. And yes, and always will. Yeah, um, this is a safe space for you. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Um, no, I love it. Oh, pineapple on pizza is so good. So good. That would be my. All my... right. What's your movie or TV show? TV show. I think I would definitely go with TV show. Um, How I Met Your Mother would be mine. Um, because it's got like nine seasons. You can watch it for a long time. Um, it's the show that I always turn to, uh, like if I'm, uh, spiraling into a depressive episode, I always just go back to How I Met Your Mother because I know that, 
uh, Ted and Lily and, and Barney will never let me down. Um, plus, I don't know, uh, I'll be alone on an island, so that would, you know, I got a lot of friends. Ensemble cast exactly. will keep you company. Exactly. Yes. Um, and gear, I don't want to be boring and say tent, so I will say I would bring a rope, a long rope, because I feel like I could make shelter, but I would have nothing, and I don't know, I don't think I could, like, weave anything, um, maybe if I spent time on it, but I feel like it would be easier to have some sort of, something to keep everything together. I feel like rope would, would, is, is gonna be pretty vital in surviving, uh, a desert island, um, for sure. For sure. And, I mean, depending on the type of rope, you could strand it. That's to true. Where you have more even rope. smaller ropes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, rope would be, that's a good answer. That's a really good answer. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Um, you know, we're, we're about to wrap this up. I think this is a really big topic. Mm -hmm. Taylor, what is the difference between LOL and ha ha? Okay. I, so I know you text with LOL. I don't think I've texted LOL since middle school. This isn't a personal thing. I, I don't use LOL because I feel immature using it. I also don't say haha. I think even though it kind of contradicts what I just said about LOL, I, I use emojis. I use the laughing emoji. Um, I feel like I am super anxious when texting people because I can never tell people's tones and I always think everybody's mad at me all the time. Um, so I really use emojis to try and convey my exact emotion. Um, I use that one, um, where it's like got the little like sweat drop on the forehead and like a smile, you know, like, oops, you know, I use that one a lot. Um, but I don't know, like, I don't think other people are immature for using LOL. Like my partner uses LOL, you use LOL. I just don't like it. I don't like, I don't know. I, I just personally don't like LOL. Um. I used to say ha ha all the time, um, but now, you know, I just, I've just moved past that. I do think that there is a stark difference though. Um, it's, you know, it, LOL is more of like casual. I think ha ha is, is more, um, expressive. I've got a lot of thoughts on this matter <laughs> and I'll see if I can get to all of them. But basically when I am laughing out loud, I'm actually using haha, and then when I'm just chuckling, I'm using lol. So that's already mm, okay. not real. Like, that's fake. That's mm -hmm. weird. I don't like that I do that. You know? I'm gotcha. sure other people might relate to that. But lol, for me, I've been thinking about this. Laugh out loud is what it stands for. Mm. Or lol, right? Right. Laugh out loud is English. Not everyone uses English. Oh. So not every nationality or language uses LOL, but every human ha ha's. So thus True. lies the problem of the universal universality of LOL, right? Yeah. And so I agree, LOL feels a little bit more immature. Yeah. I would say that. I yeah. Just, I don't know why. It feels real casual. Like yeah. LOL, I can throw out ninety percent of the time, just like LOL, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But. Haha ha is when I'm actually thinking something's funny. And so, also, like, 
let's say I was to text speech or be texting with someone who um, is blind. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I know that that's not really a thing that I have done or do, mm-hmm. but, you know, technically speaking with technology now, you can record mm-hmm. your voice yeah. and it transcribes it, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between sending lol and haha, yeah. right? And so I've thought about that pretty deeply, but I just think haha is far superior yeah, and sure. more universal to the global population. And LOL is specific and casual. Um, that's that's pretty much my thoughts on it. I hope that I don't know. I I don't know. No, I hope I, that I we like can. That. Uh, I hope we can get past the LOL thing because I, th- I think LOL is holding all of us back. Yes, but haha is here to stay. I think society has progressed past the need for LOL. I, I think, think so. I think we are we're well well beyond that. Um, now. I feel like LOL, I don't know, I, I have no idea the timeline of LOL and emojis and which one came first, but what are your thoughts on like emoticons? So instead of doing like a heart emoji, you do like the, is it the, the uh, greater, greater than, than, yeah, the greater three. than three? Yeah. Ooh. Because I like those Ooh, much better. I use that way more than emojis. This is getting into history, I think. Like, I think, well, think about it, like, visual representation of language and emotions has been uh, archaic, you know, ancient, you know, Uh, and so definitely they came first, for sure, Mm -hmm. and then the LOL came with the whole dawn of computer technology and stuff, and so people were like, LOL, and they thought they were so cool. They're like, (laughs) oh, I made that, I created that, whatever, Uh Uh, and so then came, you know, emojis and... Well, emoticons, then emojis, obviously, but I love emoticons. Let me just say this. I use emojis for every emotion other than a smile. The only emoticon I use these days is the smile. Smile, yeah. So if it's like the crying, laughing emoji or the heart emoji or uh, the dancing girl, salsa dancer (laughs) emoji, you know, uh, whatever, you know, Uh I use emojis for that. Um, but the only one that I use emoticon for is the smile. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that is. I think maybe because it's so pure. Yes. It's just so pure. It's, it's just nice to look at. Wholesome. Yeah. It's it's good. It is so good. Yeah. I I only use the smile, um, the, the frown, you know, I use, when I'm jokingly upset with my friends, I do the, the, uh, less than, and then the frown. Because it mm. looks like a... It's it's also wholesome, but it, you know, it's like an angry... I do also like the greater than slash three. So the broken heart. Yeah, broken heart. That's that cool. is That's a dagger. Yeah. Really. It really is. Just if you want to get across how you're feeling, mm-hmm. just go for that. Because that slash is... It hurts. Yeah. It hurts. It cuts deep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> my God. Let's okay. Let's wrap it up, let's Taylor. Up. I think we're around our time, uh, time uh, era period, whatever we're yes. trying to get to. But yeah. uh, last question, I think, is very important and timely. Um, do you want to ask it? Do you want to? I yeah. Um, it's a big one. It is a big one because I feel like everybody does something different. Um, but what 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 do you do 
when your doorbell is wrong? <sighs> I thought you'd never ask. Um, <laughs> so, I guess, also I will say environment and home style mm-hmm. does change the reaction and the experience. So, in an apartment, when we lived in an apartment, when my doorbell was wrong, that was a very specific doorbell ring. You mm-hmm. know, that was like, whoa, okay. Um, I feel attacked. You know, I'm like, what is going on? You know, why did you single me out out of the entire building? You mm-hmm. know, somebody's here to murder me, uh, deliver something, or I don't know, just try and get some kind of clues or uh, I don't know, information out of me. Mm-hmm. What's going on? You know, <laughs> what do you want? You know, uh-huh. uh, and so the doorbell in the apartment style housing is different than the doorbell at the home mm-hmm. style, I think. So what I typically do now that I live in a home, or house, sorry, um, when the doorbell is rung, there's a wall right by our front door, and mm-hmm. there's a window right there. I peek around. <laughs> I hide behind that door, that wall. I peek through the window, the blinds, and I'm like, they can't see me, obviously. And if they do, then <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> but uh, I look in there, and I see who it is, and then I go around to the, the door where the peephole is, right? Mm-hmm. And then I look through that as well to double check because you never know, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and so typically when the doorbell is rung, I think about, do I need to hide anything? <laughs> and then second of all, do they know I'm home? That's a big one. The mm-hmm. second one is really the more important question because uh, I don't think I really need to hide anything. I mean, it's, I don't care. Everything right. in my home is like whatever. You yeah, know? you already yeah. have your I, ten kilos of coke. Oh and, yes, yeah, the, can't the, see it from the doorway. The mescaline, yeah. the the peyote in the drawers, everything. Yeah. Yes, uh, don't come for me. By the way, <laughs> um, and so when my doorbell is rung now, um, yeah, I do the little Heidi thing where mm-hmm. I look through the window and I'm like, okay, they seem all right, and then I go around to the door, open it, and I'm like, hey, what's up? Uh, also. We have dogs, mm-hmm. and our mm-hmm. dogs never bark until the doorbell is rung. Yeah, ah. They're 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 very they're not vocal dogs until the door, doorbell or it's knocked as well. But the doorbell, they bark, and they rush to the door, and they want to know who it is as well. And so usually, and it's kind of funny because we have like these three stairs to our front door, right? Mm-hmm. Little stairs, and so usually, what I've noticed happening. Uh, ever since we moved in is someone will ring the doorbell hear the dogs because they're big and scary Mm -hmm. and then take a few steps back and they're like hey it's me you know just kind of like oh but i think the heidi thing and then i try and figure out like do they know i'm home and if they know i'm home then obviously i can't just not answer the door that would be way weird yeah Uh, and so if they don't know that I'm home, then I'm like, Ooh, do I really want to deal with this or talk to them? It really depends on the situation, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, usually I just open the door and I'm just like, Hey, how's it going? What can I do for you? Mm -hmm. And usually it's just like a package delivered. So it's like a, I don't even have to open the door. They just walk away, get (laughs) back in their van, drive off. And then I go get my package. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It, everyone's different. I think, um, so what about you? What what happens here? I so okay. Um, I think it now that I'm a legal adult, um, 
it hasn't changed for me, but I had a mindset when I was uh, younger answering the door. I love answering the door uh, for the same reason I love getting mail, um, because either somebody is giving me attention or I'm getting something or somebody's getting something. Mm. Either way, packages make me very happy. Um, and usually, you know, doorbell or knock on the door is a package, usually. Um, but I figured, you know, I wasn't really afraid of it because, um, if, you know, if we had, if there was anything that we could get in trouble for in the house, I was a minor and my, if my parents had something illegal, it was, it was all them. I couldn't, I wouldn't be held accountable. Um, so, you know, I just answered it. Um, now I definitely grab a mask and then answer it because COVID can still get you in your house oh, or yeah. other people can still get it even if they're at your house. Sure. Um, you know, I, but, uh, yeah, um, I just answer it now. Uh, I definitely used to get a lot of anxiety opening the door. Um, I, we don't have, uh, my parents love, for some reason, love hanging stuff on the front of our door, um, which can be nice, except for when it blocks the peephole, and then I have to look out the window at the person, and then they see me looking at them, so it's like, you know, we've mm -hmm. already made eye contact yeah, before, it's and it's, yeah, so... Um, you know, I definitely get a little bit anxious opening the door just cause I don't know. Like what if I'm at home? What if I don't have pants on? Somebody rings the doorbell and you know, I have to scramble to get pants on. What if they leave by the time I get to the door? Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I think that happens to everybody. A fear of no pants. Yeah. I think everyone's blood pressure spikes just a little yeah. bit. They yeah. hear the doorbell and they're like, at first they're like, Ooh. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, wait, <laughs> what could be happening? Right? Yeah. And so for me, I always keep a hat nearby because uh -oh. sometimes I'm at home, especially this year mm -hmm. working from home and I don't always dress up or look nice, you know? Right. And so I keep a hat nearby or a jacket and then I just throw it on if the doorbell rings because mm -hmm. then I'm like, oh, they don't have to know that I'm a slob or something. <laughs> you know, they don't have to know. Yeah. Um, and I do want to make clear that I'm not anxious about answering the door. Mm -hmm. I'm annoyed. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a fear thing. It's just like, what could you want? <laughs> you know, like, uh, and unless it's my neighbors. It's, uh -huh. it's my neighbors. I, I absolutely open mm -hmm. the door immediately. And usually I see them coming over, you know, because we've got those big windows in the right. front. And so I'll see them first. But if it's like a total stranger, I'm just like, what could possibly bring you here to this one, this specific home? What could bring you here? Because uh, usually you're right. They're either trying to sell you something or um, they're trying to get something out of you mm -hmm. or something like that. And so for me, it's not a fear thing because I'm obviously well guarded with our massive dogs mm -hmm. who are scary. Uh, but it's more annoyed. I'm just like, eh, no. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Do you uh, do you knock or ring the doorbell? Ooh. Then you're on the other side. Oh of God, it. Taylor, that is a whole episode. <laughs> no, uh, no. Um, I guess it depends. I right? knock. You uh, knock all the time, every time. It depends. So, um, here's what it is. All right. So if it's a if it's a stranger's home who, or even someone that I'm like not best friends with or something like, like an acquaintance or something, mm -hmm. and I'm going there for the first time or I'm just uh, coming to a party or something, something that is like 
just standard, you know, stranger and whatnot, I ring the doorbell because I want them to know I'm there, obviously. I want them to hear it from any room they're in. And I also think knocking can be a little intimidating, right? Mm -hmm. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. There's a difference between the ding and the right? And so uh, for me, I ring if it's sort of like someone I'm not close with, right? And then I knock if it's like a good friend or family or something. And I do have a specific knock. Do you have a knock? I think I have a knock. Can, um, can, let's, uh, let's all get quiet. Let's hear Taylor's knock. Okay. I'm on the spot. I think it's probably more like, like I try to keep it soft. Just three? Like in a yeah. Just... yeah, like three. Yeah. I, I think if it's a, if it's a small house, I'll probably just do like, you know, or, or if it's somebody I know. Um, maybe like my brother's door, I'll do too, you know. I don't even know if the mic is catching that. It's so gentle. Oh, it definitely is. It's very, yeah, the levels are very, super spiked. It's very gentle. Oh, you, oh, you think I'm just saying like, quiet? for us sitting here, it's gotcha, very gentle. Gotcha. And it, I, yeah. I expect that from you because I, you're a gentle, nurturing person. And so like, I could anxious. see, I could see how you, you don't want to announce yourself right. too much. You almost want. It's for them to guess if they if someone knocked, you know what I mean. That's what. Yeah, I, I like to I like to think that my knock is apologetic. Like oh. I'm sorry for you know, wow. like my fist is saying I'm so sorry for knocking on that. And on that there door. is the personality right there. Yeah. <laughs> I that's why I don't ring the doorbell. I think doorbells oh. are obnoxious. Oh. Not when I hear it. Okay. But I, I feel I feel like I'm being obnoxious when I ring somebody's doorbell. This is fascinating. Thank Do you want to hear my knock? Of course. All right, my knock is fun. Okay. And it's almost always as if like, hey, you know exactly who's here. <laughs> you know, like that's my knock. Uh-huh. Are you ready? Here yeah. That is the same exact knock as Zoe. Really? Yeah, they do the same. So I do that knock. I don't know where I got it from or I probably heard it somewhere, but mm-hmm. it's very much like a song almost. And whenever I knock that way, my friends know who it is. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about it. And yeah, maybe I'm an egomaniac, but whatever. <laughs> so like I do that knock because it's, it's actually quite enjoyable, I think. It is. It's not too obnoxious. It's not too long. It's not too quick. And so it also builds in the, the guesswork, right? Mm-hmm. So like, uh, or I guess dispels the guesswork. So with a, no, that could have been right. a book that fell over. That's true. You never know. Yeah. But with the, that, you know, that's someone's here. Yeah. Someone's right. there and you know who exactly it is. Cause it's me mm-hmm. and I do that every time. So. I like that. I like that. It's I think we should just wrap it up there. I honestly. think, yeah, that's, perfect. That was perfect the show. Band. That yeah. was the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for uh, listening to Onward. Thanks for tuning in again. Until right. um, next time. Plug. Do you want to plug your socials? Yeah, yeah, we can plug. Uh, so, again, uh, Jacob here. Uh, you can find me uh, specifically on Instagram. I don't do Twitter. Uh, I don't do really anything else other than that, uh, other than Instagram. And I'm on Instagram at Jacob A. Gidry. Jacob A. G U I D R Y. Gidry. There you go. There you go. Um, I am on Twitter, but I don't do much than like and retweet. Um, so if you want to find me on Instagram, um, it it's probably underscore Taylor, but it is spelled incorrectly because at the time the correct spelling was taken. Uh, so it's spelled P R A B A B L Y underscore Taylor. Um, 
Yeah, so a lot of people ask me about that, um, and all I have to say is that I just couldn't take it the correct spelling when I made it. I don't know why I didn't just come up with another name, but yeah. Everything means something. Everything means something, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so um, yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, go so, ahead, and if you have, uh, I don't know, if you guys want to get in touch, that's where you can find us. Yeah, we accept topics. We do. Know, we talk about anything. Topics, uh, questions. I don't think we explain this, but this show uh, is improvisational mm-hmm. conversation. And what we do is either the night before or even the morning of, <laughs> morning. Um, we text each other the topics we want to talk about without a plan. <laughs> no yeah. plan at all. So what you're hearing is totally improv and uh, we hope you enjoy it. And uh, this is Onward. And until next time.